Welcome to the Collecting Wisdom podcast. Collecting Wisdom is a space where you'll find intimate conversations on life, yoga, philosophy, spirituality, healing, transformation, and what it's like to live on purpose. From those that I've personally met and have collected wisdom from on my own path as a teacher, a healer, and a guide for others. I'm Marissa Rose, and I will be your host on the Collecting Wisdom podcast. And I hope that you're able to soak up the wisdom that is shared in these episodes, that these words resonate with you, that they inspire you towards change, and that they encourage you and empower you in your own journey as a teacher, a healer, a coach, and a guide. Feel free to listen to this podcast when you're on a walk, cooking in your kitchen, one of my favorite places to listen to podcasts or driving in your car on a road trip somewhere that you love. I'm excited to be here with you and let's start this journey. Okay, welcome back. This episode is so inspiring. Um, I can't stop talking about it in conversations with friends and people in my community because Anthony, as some of you know, is a longtime friend and mentor of mine. And he just breathes life, not only into me, but also into so many of the people that he meets, that he trains, that he spends time with. And we really just let you into (laughs) a typical conversation that me and Anthony have. Um, But before we dive in, I wanted to introduce Anthony and then you'll get to hear a little bit more from his perspective about his journey as well. So Anthony has traveled the world speaking professionally as a human performance coach and yoga teacher since 2008. His purpose is to deliver freedom through connection and to demonstrate to the world what's possible when you are clear and deeply committed to your dreams. Anthony's coaching practice and teaching style are unique and effective in two distinct ways, its origin and its delivery. The practice combines the rich and ancient history of yogic philosophy, plus the most effective personal development technologies and ideology. His coaching methodology and philosophy is rooted in the concept of experienced practice over theory. He believes that the role of a personal development coach and yoga teacher is a huge responsibility, and in it, there needs to be real-life experience, application, and results behind the coaching and teaching. This is in conjunction with the learned theory and formal training. In addition to being trained and mentored by some of the best in the industry, he is also a legacy international certified holistic coach. This is a 1,000-hour certification course and is considered to be the most rigorous and thorough training program in the world. Anthony loves to use his life as a canvas for his work as a lifelong athlete who found yoga in his early 30s and fell in love with the practice. Since then, he's taught over 5,500 public classes and has led over 25 yoga teacher trainings. He's curated and led hundreds of workshops, including multiple international yoga and personal development retreats. He is presented at Wanderlust Oahu and was named one of Instagram's top 10 trainers by Men's Health Magazine for 2020. When he's not working, he moonlights as an ultra endurance athlete 
and he's competed in the Ironman triathlon, ultra marathons, ultra cycling events, and even did yoga for 24 hours straight for charity. He does all of this while working full-time, being a husband to his wife, Nicole, and a father to his four little ones. All right. Welcome back to the Collecting Wisdom podcast. I am sitting here in my living room um, across from Anthony Chavez, who is in Denver, Colorado. And I am so excited for this conversation because we're really going to be letting you into the regular conversations that Anthony and I have when we like pick up the phone and call each other and FaceTime and, you know, um, really just lean on each other as support systems Mm -hmm. in what we do in our careers as yoga teachers and leaders and trainers. And also now we are both studio owners. Um, So Anthony and I have (laughs) known each other for I think eight or nine years at this point. I met Anthony when I was out in Southern California. I moved to Southern California on a whim. I got a job teaching stand-up paddleboard yoga in Laguna Beach through Instagram before Instagram was a thing. And I was like, yes, I will go to California. And two weeks later, I was out there. And I remember this girl that I met on Craigslist because I was looking for a roommate because I literally packed bags and moved in two weeks. Um, Her and I met and she was like, you have to come to Anthony Chavez's yoga class. And I was like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Um, I was already a yoga teacher at this point. So of course I was looking for a studio and you were teaching at Core Power um, in Orange County at that point. And I went to Anthony's class and it was a next level experience. Um, I feel so, so insanely blessed that I met you that night and that, you know, you really took me under your wing and I am appreciative of that regularly. If not like a random Mm -hmm. appreciation, I genuinely think of, um, you and the sweetness of our relationship, um, often. And, um, we're just excited to let you guys into this conversation, um, really about, your authenticity and your purpose and really designing your path as a teacher, because we've each Mm -hmm. had to do that. And we also both deeply love figuring that out and um, for ourselves and also helping other teachers and aspiring teachers to do that. So I would love to start with Anthony first, like Tell us your whole journey. And I told Anthony, like, we want to hear it all because your path in teaching and leading and now owning a studio has been incredible and it is inspiring. And I think it can cause a ripple effect of what's possible for others. Hmm, hmm. Thank you. Uh, And we'll jump in there. I just wanted to like start with gratitude for you, though. Like this relationship has been symbiotic. You shared so much of um, how I supported you in the beginning. And then I've shared this with you and your community that when you came back in, when we came back into each other's lives and, um, you had the dream of the well studio, I was on my way. I don't want to say out, but I was like kind of done teaching for a minute. You know, it's, it's been close mm-hmm. to 15 years and, um, you reemerged at an incredible time in my life. And, and I credit so much of the new studio and my recommitment to this practice to you and to what you build. And I am like inspired by you daily and deeply grateful for you. And it's, it's just special. It's special, Mm -hmm. you know, almost 10 years later. So thank you. Thank you. So remember those early days and then 
you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I'm calling you like, Marissa, what do I do? <laughs> studio stuff is hard. And then here we are. So thank oh, you. I genuinely didn't know that. So yes, um, you're like an earth angel. I was listening to a podcast <laughs> yesterday on angels and um, I have some earth angels for sure. So um, yeah, thank you. And I'm, I'm glad we, yeah, we're doing it together. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. And you know, that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. Dharma mm-hmm. and, and purpose mm-hmm. for new teachers, but then also for these existing teachers. And this is just like mm-hmm. hitting me now because I, I dedicated so much of my life to this. And then I, I hit a rough patch and, and I was really like, you know what? I think, I think I'm just going to be a practitioner. And, mm-hmm. and then it, it changed. And like, here mm-hmm. I am moving my I moved my family across the country to to open a a sacred space, a container to help people heal and to grow and to continue to pass on the lessons and and all the gifts that have been given to me through this practice. So I think this is the right conversation, especially as we mm-hmm. as we change the chapter of the last couple of years and people are really getting honest. I'm like, okay, what matters? That was one of my big takeaways. Like what I thought mattered before just kind of fell away. And I was reminded on, reminded of who I am and why I've been put on this planet and to, to get my ass going. Yeah. 1000%. I resonate with that. Okay. So the story. Let's hear it. So I, I was introduced and this is going to be fun because I've told this story two different ways for the past 14 years, right? I've been leading teacher trainings forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's always the public story that people get. And then sometimes in more intimate mm-hmm. settings, I tell the more private story, which I think you, you for sure heard. So this is going to be the first time it's like out in public on a podcast. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, it was uh, 2008 and I was working as a professional speaker in the personal development world. So that was really where I started to find my life's purpose was to share these messages, this ancient wisdom and cutting edge technology to help people grow. It's really similar to what we do in yoga, but mm-hmm. that, that was the, that was the link. So my mentor at the time, Eric introduced me to yoga. We went out on a run. He lives in Bend, Oregon, it's a gorgeous place. And then we came down, he unrolled some mats mm-hmm. and started doing yoga. And I'm like, what are you doing, bro? Cause I'm still like a, a meathead at this time. And uh, he's like, yoga. And I'm like, oh, dude, yoga's for chicks. Like, get out of here. <laughs> okay. And, and, uh, and then he laughs at me. Mm-hmm. And he, in my head, he's like, oh, young Padawan, like, you'll learn. <laughs> so that was my first introduction to it. But one of the things mm-hmm. that I loved about working for him was that I had to be a practitioner. And I think this is why it shows up in my life so much right now. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I will never teach anything that I have not personally tried or been through or done. It's all about lived experience and it's mm-hmm. not even results. Like I didn't win or lose. It's just that I've been there before. And it started, I think it started with Eric because I couldn't work for him as a professional speaker, as a coach, as a personal development instructor, unless I was walking the walk. Mm-hmm. So I had to read all these books, uh, yoga philosophy and and books on different mm. Eastern traditions that I had never, I'd never even knew existed. Yeah. And, uh, it started, it started to get me and I'm like, Ooh, I love this mm. stuff. 
And so that was my first introduction to yoga. And that's, that's the story that I've shared hundreds of times in like teacher trainings. The one that I've shared just a handful of times <laughs> is at home at that time, I was dating this, this woman and she was like, Hey, I want you to come to yoga. And you know, I'm like, whatever. I just wasn't into it. So I totally said, I texted her and I'm like, yeah, I'm on the way. I was at home. Like, I just was like, I'm not going. <laughs> I stood her up and, um, <laughs> She was livid. Didn't talk to me for like a week. Have mm -hmm. I told you the story, by the way? No, I don't know this one. Okay. See, New this to me, guys. So New to me. All right. <laughs> so she didn't talk to me for a week, like straight up radio silence. And then um, it was the next Friday. So it was a week later. It was a Friday night. I remember it because it's four o'clock. She texted me like an hour. It's like three o'clock. I'm going to this class. If you don't show up, lose my number. And I'm like, shit i believed her so i <laughs> got ready jumped in my truck drove uh to huntington beach core power mm. took the class um i walked in i had my jordans on i had my basketball shorts on i'm the only dude and my first thought was like oh i'm gonna win like i'm gonna dominate this class <laughs> this is how much i knew about it Right, I mean, like such a beat domination so then, in yoga. Yeah, I, I'm gonna win <laughs> yoga, bro. And the teacher's like, "Will you take your shoes off? It's barefoot. You need a mat." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." So we go through it, and I get absolutely humbled, humbled. Oh, I would say humiliated, but that was just my experience <laughs> of it. But like, humbled, could do anything. Uh -huh. I'm falling. I'm getting so mad, and then. <laughs> All of these, all, everyone else is just like so graceful. And the teacher the whole time is just dropping wisdom, like sharing mm. her dharma, sharing this deep experience. And I'm having what I would now, you know, recognize back then I didn't know what was going on, but I, mm. I had a full embodied somatic moment where it was hitting my soul and I was uncomfortable in the mm. intensity of the moment the uncomfortableness of it all just cracked me open and I wept in um, Shavasana. And I was like, again, just not really in touch with my emotions then. Now, you know, yeah. you cry, cry all the time. Cry, <laughs> <laughs> laugh, like it's all, it's all there. Uh, but I cried and went home and just didn't know what happened. And then um, woke up the next day and, and called the studio until somebody picked up the phone <laughs> and uh said hey I, I came to class last night and i want to do this for the rest of my life how do i become a yoga teacher oh, and signed up for that. teacher training less than 24 mm -hmm. hours later wow so mm -hmm. that that's how it begun for me uh mm -hmm. it was an invite or i'll never see you again from the girl <laughs> i was dating plus <laughs> like a lot of encouragement and um from my mentor at the time and then I just had to wow. be there and, and it, it got me, it got me. And it was crazy because the woman who answered the phone became the other mentor of my life, uh, Heather Peterson, who you remember, oh, wow. she ended up, mm -hmm. she, uh, she ended up leading my teacher training she officiated our wedding. Um, I worked for her wow. later on when we get into the, to the journey aspect mm -hmm. of it, but that was, that was how it started. Um, wow. it was just no going back. Yeah, it's 
so crazy to me to hear you talk about how you like were resistant to yoga because that's like literally all I know of you is like, this is 100% what you are on this planet to do. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just like reassuring this has come up in other conversations on the podcast about, you know, the resistance that, you know, we all have to certain things that, um, might be a part of our purpose or our path. And then also met with like the people who are there to guide us. Like I talked about earlier, the, you know, you just talked about the woman that you were dating. And then I talked about the girl that introduced me to you, like became one of my best friends and my roommate. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these, the, the people in our lives. And sometimes for those of you listening, like we are those people guiding people towards yoga or in, you know, another realm towards their path or purpose. Like, but it's so mind blowing to me to hear you say that you were resistant to it because of where you oh, are now. So resistant. I thought it was mm-hmm. for girls. I thought it was I like every, everything. I was just like, why even resistant to my mentor at the time? And I would have, if he would have told me to bark, yeah. I would have barked and jumped on my leg. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm an athlete. And, and it was just mm-hmm. like, shook me shook me. But the, the tie-in was because I was so into helping people find their purpose. And I felt like I had found my purpose on the planet just a couple of years before as a speaker. Mm-hmm. The, that combined with the physicality of, of vinyasa, which is mostly what I teach. I teach everything, mm-hmm. but like that, that's what it was. So mm-hmm. it spoke to me like I'm a kinesthetic human being. Mm-hmm. I experience the world first and foremost through movement, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Is like I need to be a practitioner first rather than yeah. reading it. You know, there's just different ways in which we get things. So it was the combination of those two worlds that mm-hmm. cracked me open. I'm like, okay, all in. This is it forever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it has been. So you did your teacher training. It has been. And then- yeah. <laughs> What happened after that? <laughs> okay, so uh, I was still speaking full time, did my teacher training, and then I started to teach as soon as as soon as I was done. Like I graduated TT on Saturday and had my first class on a Sunday out at the beach uh, <laughs> with a couple of friends, just you know, out there breathing and moving. And um, this is actually a good little segue or side note for the newer <laughs> teachers because yeah. I get asked this question a lot, like, how did you start or how did you build your skills? Where did you teach? And and I just called friends. I taught in apartments. We would move furniture, turn the furnace on. There'd be three of us, four of us in like a living room in an apartment with a phone playing music. I taught at parks, at beaches. Like I just didn't care. I wanted to teach. And I taught at a studio right out of the gate, but it was like two classes a week. All the other classes I taught were just, hey, do you want to go do yoga? Like I, yeah. I, I got this thing that is awesome, and like let's let's go. Mm. So yeah, I yep. started teaching That's immediately. It. Yeah, and what I noticed really quickly was I started speaking less and teaching more, mm. and then so it was just a couple of months when Core Power in Orange County started to expand. There was just the two studios at that point and they started to open up and go to LA. So I, uh, was tapped on the shoulder by, by Heather Peterson, by my mentor to, to head up a studio, to manage a studio. Okay. So, um, I started managing the Irvine location. It was a new region. It was down like South Orange County. And that, that was it. Like I managed for just under two years 
and it was a blast. Like I met Mm -hmm. some of my best friends in the world there. And then as the region grew and other areas opened, I was asked to lead programming for LA and Orange County. So I became an LA and Orange County program manager, which basically meant I was in support of teacher trainings and just all of the different trainings that they offered at mm-hmm. that time. So it would help the facilitators and teach them because of my background as a speaker and a coach, like those, that skill yeah. set just really lent itself to mm-hmm. training other teachers and, and helping them get their message out. So did that um, for a few years. And then I, I felt like I needed a change. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know, I was just recently married at the time. Uh, Nicole was, we either had a little, why it was like newborn or she was pregnant. And I just felt called to do something. It wasn't different. It's so hard to put in the words, but I mm-hmm. needed, I was being moved to, to move. Yeah. And so I stepped down and um, left. And that was in 2013. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Lifetime Athletic uh, was opening their first Southern California location. And so I was teaching and coaching and kind of just trusting the universe. Like I was trusting mm-hmm. my dharma. I was again, walking the walk. I knew that I was being pulled to something and I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah. And six, seven months later, I, uh, I got a call from somebody at lifetime and, uh, they said, Hey, we're opening. Would you like to teach her? And then again, you know, mm-hmm. ego just loves to show up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm a really open teacher. I'm not going to teach you at some gym, bro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so right, so funny. <laughs> so then, you know, there's some back and forth. I go over there and yeah, um, they end up paying their teachers like really well. So I'm like, okay, great. I'll, I'll teach. I'll get over mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> I started teaching there and I loved their uh, style. So then come to find out their, their style, the person who was in charge of their yoga program was Johnny Kest. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the early, early call it supporters, founders of power vinyasa, like him and his brother, Brian Kest is in Santa Monica. You know, he trained at Sean Korn and like, the, there's this really cool lineage. It's I was so like, cool. Oh, this is a, this is like, this is some deep stuff. Yeah. So I'm teaching there. And then, uh, I became a national brand manager a little bit after that. My job was to teach teachers how to integrate again, their message into their classes. And I was helping develop the program because of my experience at core power. And then that, that didn't last very long. I eventually became the director of yoga programming for the entire company. So then I worked side by side with Johnny. He was in charge of teacher training and owned like the style it was his. So then my job was to help mm-hmm. integrate it into the clubs and to develop new formats, new different style. It's just, it was this awesome experience oh, cool. uh, that I did for a couple of years. So then we fast forward to now 2017 mm-hmm. or actually 2016, 2016, Trevor Tice the founder of core power died. Mm. And, um, you know, I 
I, I looked up to him. He is a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. He always, yeah, he believed in me and mm-hmm. it was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, I still get emotional thinking about it. One of the greatest men I've ever met. Did you ever get a chance to meet him? At, no, like... I never met him. Mm-mm. Okay. So to talk about him for just a hot second, a huge empath, biggest heart, and an incredible visionary. Before him and his vision for corporate power, yoga was still kind of on the fringe. And because of his vision and courage and like risk Mm -hmm. to add mirrors and to play music and to make it more accessible to the masses, like Mm -hmm. he's responsible. But that is responsible for so many people getting introduced to it. Yeah. And I know that there's problems with different philosophies and, and, and some of the ways that the company has went and I was there for some of it, not for others. And like, that's mm-hmm. just regular human stuff, but he, uh, he stuck to his vision and now there's over 200 studios and it just introduces people mm-hmm. to a practice that they would have never had access yeah. to before. So yep. he, he passed. And it was rough in the old crew, the original people kind of like circled the wagons and got together. So then I left lifetime and went back to core power. Um, I remember that. Yeah. And it was, it was emotional and incredible because I I got to step in at that point now with 10 years of teaching and speaking and coaching and all of, and, and the different, modalities and lineages like all coming yeah. together I get to bring that to the table and so my role there when I came back in 2017 was I was the director of personal transformation and mindful leadership so cool <laughs> probably the coolest title anyone could ever have like all right this is awesome uh, and so my job shifted a little bit like I was still teaching trainers and and developing curriculums like I helped author, co-author part. I was one of the authors of their 300 hour up level, their 200 hour, their formats. But then I also got to teach leadership mm-hmm. development and personal development to managers. Like rewind back when you were a manager, how old were you? Yeah. So I was a manager of one of the Orange County studios and I was probably 23. 22, 23, like really yeah. young. And that, mm-hmm. that was like a lot of the managers are in that. So it's their first job where we're tasked with having to run a business and to have Mm -hmm. hard conversations and to up level. So it was super cool to come back as the um, elder statesman at the, even now, right. I'm 44 Mm -hmm. in, in most of the forces in the call it 25 to 32 Mm -hmm. and to teach leadership and yogic leadership like how to lead through the lens of yoga through the lens of the eight limbed path through the lens of everything that we've ever learned mm-hmm. and to run to, to run a profitable business through that versus like cutthroat style or other you know other philosophies of business so different yes the way that was, the way that at least core power in orange county what i experienced so different than anywhere else. And I came from Lululemon and then went to Core Power and both of them mm-hmm. were, you know, strong companies that develop and invested in their people. So mm-hmm. I'm always insanely grateful for that experience and the leadership. I mean, very different. 
than what, cool. what a lot of people are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not that it's not out there. Um, mm-hmm. And again, every everybody, there's nobody out there who is perfect. But um, mm-hmm. I think we we did that right, and it was cool. So I did that, and then uh, and then pandemic came. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And during that time, uh, and I think we started the call. I don't know if we were recording yet, but like I got really honest on what on what mattered on what mattered to me on the things yeah. that really mattered and I did a deep deep personal dive there was personal dive there was this training that I had on my radar for probably a decade and I finally had the time in 2020 to do it and it's a six month 1200 hour like holy shit you go all the way back and all the way forward and it um broke me open in, in the sweetest way. And I left that with a new perspective on on what was deeply important to me and, and where I had to go. So kind of at the end of that, I, I realized that it was time for me to pass the baton and um step away from from core power. Mm-hmm. And so I, it was weird. I went back into 2008. Like I, I went back a bunch of years and was teaching full time or speaking and coaching full time, and then teaching at this one studio, mom and pop, uh, down the street. And mm-hmm. that that was again kind of when we came back into each other's lives, yeah. Uh, like more consistent, and it was mm-hmm. your dream that we were talking about, plus me teaching at this place that just brought me back to, Oh, okay. Mm. This is where I need to be sharing this. And that lasted, uh, what a year, what are we in 2022? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of 2021, mm-hmm. um, I, I was like, I, I need a physical space, a container yeah. to hold and to house all of the healing modalities to be a place where people can come and move through catharsis where they can grow, where they can commune with each other, where they can have a cup of coffee, breathe and move, read, talk about life, go on a date. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, this is what needs to happen. So then Mm -hmm. um, it happened. It happened. The space appeared. My business partner, her and her husband live in, lived in Denver. They still do, but we were still in Orange County. Mm-hmm. We were just talking on the phone about ways in which we wanted to support yoga teachers. Yeah. And I, it was so crazy. Like this, these are just universe things. <laughs> it was a Thursday where I said, Hey, I just realized Nicole and I realized we really want to have a studio. We want to have a place mm. that people can come to. And then I want that to be the home for my coaching and leadership business. Like it's just it makes all the sense. And then on Friday, the very next day, somebody, while she was dropping off her kid in the pickup line, somebody was like, Hey, can I talk to you? Cause she's a, my partner's a lawyer by trade. Okay. I want to run something by you. And the short story is like, she, this woman was building a space, a, a wellness center, different movement modality and life happened. And, and she, she had to stop. And was in the lease and needed needed some help. So she was asking for like 
advice. And then my <laughs> business partner was like, actually, Ooh, we're kind of in the, you know, like, uh, I think, I, I think I might know a guy and, uh, you know, she called and then I think it was by like that Monday or Tuesday, we signed the lease and said, cool, let's, wow. let's get to work. What's the vision? What are we building? What are we doing? Who's there? Like, and, and we started going. So we went from nothing to concept to birthing a community and a studio in less than six months. And like, here we are, here we are. Incredible. I mean, (laughs) what you've done so fast, I remember the moment you came to Philadelphia because we brought you here to the well studio to help with our 200 hour teacher training. And you, I remember we were sitting at a restaurant (laughs) and you were like, I'm opening a studio, (laughs) which is a big undertaking. You and I both know it. It's like you, you'll never know how much is involved in that until you do it. But when like your heart is ready for it, it's, it, I know that feeling. It's like, it's go time. Mm -hmm. And you, so you moved from Orange County to Denver and you guys opened up in a couple of months, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's again, for the, for the teachers who are on here, new or experienced, I, I think it's, over the years, I've been so maniacally focused on honoring intuition, on staying in touch with it, and being authentic and following like mm-hmm. the calling of my heart. And so to quit a job without a plan, and then to land another incredible opportunity at Lifetime, and then to leave that one without a plan and say, all right, what are we doing now? Mm-hmm. To say, okay, Nicole, like, you get to quit your job as a nurse. You know, I'm going to pause my coaching business or we're going to go all in on building this community a couple of states away where we don't know anybody. It just requires so much faith and trust. Uh, and, and that's, that's what happened. And, and you know, it's just scary as hell. I called you a couple of times like, Oh my God, I want to do it. How do I rewind? But then we just keep moving. And yeah, I think like, this is cool having a conversation about it because I haven't, been able to, but looking back, it was mm-hmm. trusting in the cult, cultivating intuition, and then trusting in those nudges from the universe. Yeah. So we've got three kids; like it's a big deal. It was a yeah. big transition, um, and then here we are, and it's yeah, been it's, incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's um, you know, we'll we'll share all of your instagram social and all that after but yeah everyone you need to see what anthony and his team have created because it i mean it's it's more than a yoga studio it's a whole wellness space and there's a lot that Mm -hmm. you're doing there and and you're also multi-passionate you know um so i know that you know you've been able to incorporate like the running and the biking and like support for moms and i mean there's so many different healing modalities that totally as well yeah it's wild so here we are on this you know (laughs) talking about yoga and um i opened a studio that is uh by definition not a yoga studio Mm -hmm. and it was so that we can open up let's call it the guardrails a little bit even though that's all of our my partners uh, we all have have been in the yoga world as teachers and leaders for 15 years yeah we said hey this is this is a dynamic wellness studio Mm -hmm. so we have Mm -hmm. our our yoga room where we have vinyasa and like a hit style vinyasa and we have our practices. But then I kind of said it earlier, we also have a coffee bar. Yeah. Um, we have a beer and wine. <laughs> if people want it, 
have infrared mm-hmm. saunas. Mm-hmm. There's the mindful moms. We did our first workshop the other day and it was all for, for people who identify as moms to give them tools and practices on how to be more mindful in their life. Mm-hmm. We've had a Krav Magra person come in and teach self-defense for runners. We had a dance yeah. class in there. It's just like part of the vision of it is I want it to be a space where people of all walks of life Mm -hmm. and of all, let's call it gifts and talents can come and share, Mm -hmm. share your practice, share your gift, because it's not, it's not going to take away from what we're doing. Like when you had me there, right. Mm -hmm. I taught two process classes and the rest of them, you're like, just do your AC vinyasa Mm -hmm. and that you trusted that it was not going to like take away from your studio, but it adds to it. So when I bring people in, like when you come in Mm -hmm. next year to to Mm -hmm. do what you do, it just adds. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to be a center for people to share their gifts and talents and um, for people, a place where people can commune, can hang out. That's why we have the the different beverages because that's how human beings forever have come together. We breathe and we move, we dance, we laugh, we cry, and then we sit and we have something hot or cold to drink. I love that. I agree. I to- <laughs> I totally agree with that. I, we just recently got a like wellness fridge at the well studio and I'm like, yes. it meant everything to me because it's so important. Like that, like kitchen conversation, you know, where everyone mm-hmm. just does like commune and hang out because yoga is such an individual practice um, mm-hmm. and community <clears throat> is so integral in that, in that growth that you can experience through yoga. Um, so I, I fully agree with that. Um, and okay. You like Anthony is so incredible at elevating people. I feel like you, you see into people, you see their potential and you are wildly committed to getting them there. Um, I think that's what made you such an incredible, um, trainer. You know, I've done multiple trainings (laughs) with Anthony and um, I think it's, I think it's a part of your purpose. I want to like share that and reflect that. Totally know that, but you know, for, for each teacher, I, you know, I lead a lot of trainings too, and I love to see others potential. And I love how beautiful and diverse people are because someone else's purpose and Dharma and way that they're meant to express and, um, teach yoga and share with others can be so different. So I'm, mm-hmm. I want to hear like you just kind of riff with, on how someone can start to tap into that. Like how do they start to learn and know themselves and what their unique purpose or potential is and how to use that as a yoga teacher? For, for me, it's the most important thing. It's mm-hmm. authenticity. Authenticity is maha. Maha being the mm-hmm. Sanskrit word for the great one. Yeah. It's everything. If you can get honest with who you are as a human being and then just be radically honest with yourself, that's the path. Because then that'll give you the freedom to be who you need to be as a teacher. So again, back to me, like I I grew up playing baseball. I played college baseball. Mm -hmm. I say bad words. I sometimes drink (laughs) alcohol. I drink, I eat meat. And then when I started yoga, there was like no dudes. Uh, and we were, it was just like, I I quickly lost myself Mm. and became a vegetarian 
And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with any of that, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't honor myself. And it was like, it I was you. going back mm-hmm. and forth. It wasn't me. And then when I remembered, okay, this is not it. It is, uh, it, it's who am I? When I remembered who I was, then I started to actually grow as a teacher. I started to have a bigger impact. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt freer, which this is the part that gets missed in most trainings. Like most trainings, we talk about the word yoga means union. It means community. It means relationship. There's different ways to define it. But the aim of all of these practice or of all yoga, of all of the different history, not histories, all of the different styles, all of the different limbs, all of the different ways in which we can get there is moksha. It's liberation. It's to be free. And so it's like, free to be who you are, who you are and what matters to you. So when I remembered that, then I started to teach different. I Mm. I started to play music that resonated a little bit more with me, or I would not Mm. play music and I would push and be Mm. soft. It was just honest. I wasn't trying to be anybody else. And that was like, that's made all the difference in the world for me. And then when you look at the teachers, and I would like encourage everyone who's listening right now to to do that, to do some inquiry and think about the teachers who have inspired them the most or have confronted them or moved them the most. They're probably being real and there was no fake fluff bullshit about them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you were talking about like my Dharma, my my son Kulpa, or you know, the my divine mission. Mm-hmm. is written in a way that captures it all. So I am a vibrational shift in consciousness. I exist to wake people up to what's possible. Mm-hmm. That, that like that's that's the the thing that was mm-hmm. written on my heart or stamped on my butt as I was born and said go do that. <laughs> so once I figured that out, then it gave me permission to to be a stand. So earlier you were saying like, I can see what's in people. Mm. I think we all can. I'm just committed to that. And, and I'm also okay with people getting like really upset at me sometimes because a vibrational shift in consciousness isn't always the most fun experience, but you wake up, you wake up and you, you become who you're meant to be. Mm. I needed to hear that and be reminded of that because it can be, leadership is hard. Um, Holding space for people can be hard. Um, Those are Mm -hmm. those hard lessons that you learn, but also everything you're saying just makes me want to like breathe easier, like just to be who we are at our our core. Like literally what you're talking about is just like, who are you day to day, right? And not Mm -hmm. changing yourself because you're now a yoga teacher. Yeah, no, and- and it happens. So if like you're new, right, journey, it it, happen. it'll, it'll happen. You'll mirror your mentors. Mm-hmm. If you train with Marissa, you'll have some Marissa isms and that's hundred percent fine. I still like if people who know Heather Peterson, they'll be like, Oh, I hear Heather and you a little bit <laughs> like, that's fine. But it's the total change mm-hmm. of me being who I was to like turning into a person who is wearing the burlap pants and like growing long hair and mm-hmm. insane namaste and om every other word like that would be not real for me at then or now so it's honoring who totally. i am but then like really 
really diving into the philosophy of of this practice. So it's integrating and embodying mm-hmm. in a way that yeah. you I'm curious how how can somebody like you talked about that you actually got yourself out of that kind of almost cycle that you were headed towards of like being like everybody else or fitting into this mold. And then you kept actually using the word remember and you kept saying, I remembered like who I was. Mm-hmm. How did you, how did you remember? How did you shift into your authenticity? Practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. Second, like giant, takeaway for all new yoga teachers. I know when you start teaching, you get excited and you just want to teach. And the first thing Mm -hmm. to fall away is your personal practice. So for me, it was the personal practice. Like it never left me because I'm such a, I think I got lucky because I'm such a kinesthetic person. Like I needed my practice, but every time I hit the mat, the intensity of the asana, uh, the uncomfortableness of moments would stop or sh- or pause the incessant stream of thought long enough to shake me to be like yo this is not you this is what's real so it's really again walking the walk this also might be why yeah. i just value it so much mm-hmm. i just kept doing the work of it and it you know beat me up until i remembered i'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> so the answer is yoga <laughs> The answer is get on your mat, get on your mat, get on your- new teachers and like, yeah, seasoned teachers. And we've been around for a while and, you know, we hit plateaus too. I know that I've, mm-hmm. I hit a plateau. I know for me, um, you know, to get back into my authenticity after creating the process methodology and opening the studio, you know, this about me, um, you know, for me to get back in my authenticity, I had to start taking classes at other studios because mm-hmm. my authenticity is like, yes, I am here on this planet to develop this method and to bring it to Philadelphia. But also what's authentic for me is not being boxed in to just that. And I remember Ooh. I started to feel that. I was like, oh shit, I feel boxed in and I am not here to box in, be boxed in. I'm an Aquarius, I'm a manifesting generator. Like I got some freedom in me and I had to actually invest in, spend money, go travel yoga classes outside of my own studio in order for me to be authentic. And that was extremely important. And I feel so much better now. I feel so aligned now. (laughs) Uh, Oh, this is a huge mic drop moment. Like we have to talk about this. It's, Mm -hmm. it's no, it's to know thyself. It's vidyaya, Mm -hmm. it's self study. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily hit the yoga mat. It's it could be, but it could be different styles. When I started to wake up and remember, I started mm-hmm. to take spin. Yeah, It was like, <laughs> it was pre-soul cycle, but it was the spin class. And it was, again, because I knew enough about myself at that time that I'm a kinesthetic human. I just needed to move. And then I felt alive and I was taking group X and I was just doing things. And then I remembered mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm an athlete. I feel alive when I'm moving. I I fucking cuss. I like this stuff. Like just be that. So it's a continual commitment to vidyaya, to self-study, to knowing yourself. And I I have not an unfair advantage, but I just started earlier because of my mentor, because I started as a speaker and a coach and I was already 
thinking about these things and reading about yeah. them, but I didn't yeah. know they were yoga. So I was already in the practice of mm-hmm. understanding myself. Uh, so it was like a little bit of a head start, but like, mm-hmm. it's still, it comes out like Svidya, study. No. And then, and then you have mm-hmm. moments of clarity is the thing. Mm-hmm. You'll so you'll read something, you'll hear a teacher say something and it'll rock your soul and you'll be confronted. You're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I'm off or I'm on. This is real for me, or this is not real for me. And then the process for, for everyone out there is to just consistently audit your life. Am I honoring who I am? Is this real? Am I trying to be somebody else? And you chip away and you chip away. And then you bring that to the mat. You bring that to the seat of the teacher. You bring that to every single person that you're in front of. You just unapologetically be who you were born to be. You don't have a teacher voice. You don't have, you're just you. Like, this is me as a father, as a husband, as a teacher. And I know I get like, I'm fired up right now, but then it's also, and you know this about me, like, we're all just cry my face off and I'm a girl dad and I'm a big hot mess. And I like, <laughs> love my family. And I, Nicole is my hero. And it's just all real. Like, I don't care what other people think. Oh, this is a cool, like tactical tip for teachers too. Um, most human, all humans, I think all humans, we want to be loved. We want to be liked. We want to be validated. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just innate in us. Mm-hmm. Right. So of course, when you start teaching or when you've been teaching 40 years, you want people to feel good and to be like, that was amazing. Or that was, thank you. Never, none of us ever want people to be like, Oh my God, this is dog shit. Like it was horrible. <laughs> I'm never coming here again. <laughs> So normal human stuff. If you can get to a place where you're like so okay with who you are and your message to the world and what you're delivering, that you understand that you're not going to be everybody's flavor. That was a, I think that was the the biggest unlock for me because you can still, I was authentic, but I still am like, do you like me? Like I'm going to be me, but it wasn't okay. (laughs) Like it's again, it's it's normal, like you know. But it's different from being like, I threw down, and and for those of you who've been in my class, like I am loud, and my voice changes. We have fun, we cry. There's just a lot, and I know that that's not everybody's practice, and yeah. I am so clean and okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've had. Not everybody likes chocolate ice cream. Like, get rainbow sherbet get vanilla you you just be who you are yeah and there's enough of us out here sharing our gifts and talents that like people will find it so then that leads me to the next thing is to get clear on your why like mm. we've so far been talking about authenticity and, and being true to yourself but then as a teacher be clear on why you teach mm-hmm. if why you teach is self-serving if you're like i'm a teacher so i can be insta famous we might have to talk about that like that might not be it but if you if you're teaching to help other people wake up or heal or find space or to be calm or whatever it is then that's that's the aim that's the purpose and it has nothing to do with you so if the way that you share your practice doesn't resonate awesome let me help you and i've i've done that so many times like it's just it's kind of funny now just happened the other day. One of our members 
takes uh, Nicole's class and it was the first time she had took my vinyasa class and we were sitting out after and she was like, yeah, it was just like a lot. Like <laughs> it was, you know, it was loud and I don't like <laughs> handstands. And I'm like, that is so awesome. Like, here's, here's who you're going to take. This is going to be a much mm-hmm. better fit. And I freaking mm-hmm. love you for being so honest. And like, I wasn't all, but let me tell you why it's just totally. Like, yeah. Cool. Changing her mind. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like, you know, know what? That. If um, a lot of what you're saying, there's like this through line of self-study, of knowing yourself, of Mm -hmm. coming back to that when you feel um, off or lost. And I think first knowing when you feel off or lost, right? Like, so there's that acknowledgement piece and that um, you you called it like checking in with yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. like. If you don't have to do this manically, but, you know, checking in with yourself and knowing when you're going in a different direction and then it's okay to not know how to get back onto that path or even what that path is next. No, it's okay to not what know your the purpose path. is like, it's okay. You don't need to know your purpose right now, but a way to <clears throat> it is to know yourself is to study. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also, you bring up such a great point. It's to know when you're off. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that that's really the path because you're right. And who and who wakes up and they're like, oh my God, this is my purpose. And it takes <laughs> it takes time, it takes studying, it takes going to trainings and doing all these things. Mm-hmm. But I think it's easier for a lot of us to cross things off. You're like, oh, I tried this, that wasn't me, off the list, off the list. So we kind of like reverse engineer by saying, these are the things that didn't work. Like mm-hmm. I once played um what was it? It was like country-ish in a, in a, in a class. And I'm like, eh, never having it is a hundred percent, not me. Like, cool. It just wasn't it. So you start to, you can do it that yes. way. Yeah, you just figure too. it out. Yeah. You, you, you figure it out. You, you know, you check in. I've been teaching for 12 years in December and I still after class, I'm like, how did I feel about that? What did Mm -hmm. my students feel? What did they say? Um, How did I like my playlist? What would I do differently to bring them into that peak posture next time? Do I even want to add that next time? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, again, not manically, like, what can I change? Or how can I be better? But just lovingly checking in, you know, with myself. Caring, you care. Caring, yeah. Mm -hmm. Caring, it's about them and not like about you. So there's a responsibility to, to check in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you've spoken a lot too, also though, in investing in resources, you know, and a lot of the resources that you've had are accessible. Like you can get books from a library, you know, you can listen Mm -hmm. to podcasts for free. Um, if you want to invest, you know, further in yourself, you can do trainings. Um, you and I both work with coaches, like we're in self inquiry. Yes. And also, radical accountability and our own study of what we're curious about. I think following your curiosity sometimes is also a great way to uncover your path. hundred percent. I think we're living in, in the, the best time. Like when you and I started teaching there, there was, like you said, there was no Instagram. It was brand new. Uh, there just wasn't access mm-hmm. to all these incredible humans and leaders and teachers of, of all different disciplines YouTube wasn't like all the resources are at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. If you're committed to 
to growing and to learning. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible time. Mm-hmm. Plus, um, yeah, there are trainings and coaches and mentors and people who are yeah. who exist to help. Absolutely. Uh, I had a thought as you were saying that about, you know, how do I find my authentic self? Because again, it's a big question. Some people know who they are. Some people don't. One cool way that I've I've helped that I've done with myself, I do it um, uh, not every year, but I do it, but I've helped other people do it is to lean on the people who are closest to you. Mm-hmm. The people who feel like home to you. And the reason I say the people who feel like home is because when you're, when you feel safe, uh, when you can be yourself, when you can let your hair down, when you can kick off your shoes and when you don't have to be on, like that's really, really close to your, to who you are. Mm-hmm. So I would say identify three to five of those people in your life, okay. uh, family, BFFs, um, partners, even people that you work with who you feel safe at work with, and then ask okay. them, who, who am I when I'm at my best? What do you love most about me? Uh, <laughs> what do you not love about me? Like what irritates you about me or, or who am I being when I'm not myself when I'm off yeah. and do that for yourself though, before you ask them. So like, mm. who am I when I'm at my best? Uh, who am I when I'm off? And then you ask these people around you and now you have like data from the people who know you most, because when you, the, the thing that sparked this in my brain was the accountability thought. Mm-hmm. This is what I do love about mentors and coaches. Yeah. We uncover blind spots. Like I don't know what I don't know about me. Mm-hmm. so someone else could be like, Oh yeah, here it is. Let me point it out. So when you do this exercise, you're either going to find that you really do know yourself and all these other answers are pretty aligned. And then you'll know where, like where you need to double down and what you need to work on. Or you're going to find that you have no idea who you are. There's this beautiful romantic version of you. And then there's the real version of you mm-hmm. and where you thought you were amazing. You're like, I'm such a great communicator. And then, you know, your partner's like something you need to work on is communication. <laughs> like shit. Absolutely. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's great. Cause then you get <laughs> you just, this is the practice of self inquiry and you don't do it mm-hmm. like from a judgy place. You're like, Oh, okay. Who am I? What really turns me on? When am I the most excited? When am I the most mm-hmm. free? When am I the most shut down? When am I the most confronted? And it just starts to reveal itself mm-hmm. and then you have all of this data and you're like cool now I'm getting closer when do I feel most alive when I'm teaching when do I feel most fake what teacher you know when I'm practicing when do I feel like the most expressed like that yeah. last class when I was there and we had that full dance party and mm-hmm. people are like crying and we're just having a blast like and then there's times where you're afraid because you don't want to be judged so it's, it, the signs are all around us yeah. and I wanted to make sure that I shared those thoughts so that you have some things to do after the mm-hmm. podcast is over and you're like, okay, now I, I have a place to go to learn, to be who I am. Yeah. These are incredible questions that we should definitely be asking ourselves. You know, you talked a little bit like in your personal life, like who am I, you know, in my personal life? And then also who am I while I'm teaching, you know, what, how can I, um, 
just be honest with myself because honesty mm-hmm. is authenticity. That's I think of like the most incredible Boom. yoga classes that I've taken. Um, and it's the teacher was just so radically themselves. Like even if mm-hmm. they were different or quirky or something they said made no sense to me, it's like, oh my God, but you love that. And I, that makes me want to love the <laughs> things that I love. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's so beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think so. it's the essence of leadership. Um, uh, yeah, I think, okay. So teaching yoga is a responsibility, right? You're up at the front of the room. People give you their time. They sacrifice, they pay money, they get babysitting. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're there. So mm-hmm. I, I hold it as like, okay, you got to deliver. You can't just like bullshit this. Um, so it's a form of leadership because mm-hmm. people are listening. So be authentic, be in leadership, but then when you're not teaching, because this thing gets into your bones, you begin to lead off the mat with how you live your life. And it is inspiring. When I think about the people I'm most inspired by, they're, they're not necessarily the people who are like saying, do this or do that. They're yeah. doing exactly what you said, Maris. They are just living authentically. They're being themselves. And I'm like, Ooh, that's attractive. I'm like, well, how do I do that? That's it. So like, I want that. People, yeah, I want that. Like, I want some of that. So yes, you do it when you're in the seat of the teacher, but then you just start doing it in your life. And people, it's it's so cool twofold because it's it makes people feel better. Like they're inspired. They, they say, like you said, I want that. But then it gives them permission to be themselves. Like to let to let their, their flag fly, whatever it is, mm. and to not hide. And I think if we can get there as a planet, this is my big old heart, you know, big brain thinking, not big brain, big heart. If we can all live authentically and and, and be who we are, then we'll find peace because then we won't force other people, force our opinions on people. We won't force X, Y, and Z. We won't need to, we'll just like love each other for who we are because we'll be open and in a place of love and leadership like that. That's it. Yeah. That's the game. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, I always love just hearing you talk about like your bigger, um, purpose and, and mission. You, you talk about that a lot. It's very, you know, common, I think for you to share that. And I think you're so clear because you, you do the work, you're on your mat, you have these conversations, you, read the books, like you, you do, you step into that. It's what makes you an incredible leader and teacher. And I, I really personally appreciate that. Um, cause I think it gives us all permission to just really go for it in our own lives mm-hmm. in our own way. Um, so yeah, what comes up for me is just like for anyone that's listening, like if you're, you know, confused about where you're going or like you're brand new, or you've been teaching for a while and you're having one of those seasons that all of us have as teachers of, you know, I don't know, I don't feel aligned. I don't feel authentic. I think Mm -hmm. this conversation is so powerful just to like shed light on like, that's okay. And that's normal. And that's a part of it too. Like, you know, I just came out of a season of like, what the fuck? Like, what Mm -hmm. is my life? Where am I going? (laughs) I'm rebuilding. And I really feel like I'm truly sitting in what I've rebuilt now, but it, it, took me asking the hard questions. It took me doing the inner work. And for me, yeah, Mm -hmm. being on my yoga mat and 
practicing and meditating and asking myself everything that, you know, we just mm-hmm. talked about. So, um, the, so I, I love, think, yeah, you, you look to your pain and I just wrote that down as you were writing, like to look to your pain or, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen on the gram lately, your, your triggers are your teachers. It's true, but look to your pain because that's going to reveal to you where you're unhealed what needs Mm -hmm. to be focused on and then that's where this it's a big piece of where this comes from and we all have we've all gotten our ass kicked i I believe Mm -hmm. the human experience Mm -hmm. is is the same it's just different flavors and styles and colors but like we've all been there Mm -hmm. we've all been there and we all you know so look to that. It's not like just the unicorns and rainbows. It's, it's like, okay, you said I'm in a season of it and you're, I love this about you so much that you are just so committed to your development that even while you were getting your ass handed to you, you, you looked inside. You're like, cool. What is this to you? Why is this happening? What can I learn from it? This hurts a lot. I don't want to be here. A little tantrum here and there, but you're like, but I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Like this sucks. I don't like it. And, wah, and okay, what do I, <laughs> what can I learn? But so look to the pain. And I think so many people, a lot of people don't do that. And it's not anyone's yeah. fault other than we have been taught to feel comfortable. Um, you know, I make this joke when I teach sometimes, like we go air conditioned home to our air conditioned car. Even when you go to the gym, mm-hmm. it's air conditioned. Like everything is, is made to like be comfortable but then then you're in a hot vinyasa class and you're holding plank and you're sweating your body shaking mm-hmm. and you're like fuck that's that's the opening that's the magic so it teaches us mm-hmm. back to like hit your mat do your practice to be with the uncomfortable moments of life which again you demonstrate so beautifully you're in it you acknowledge it this sucks but then you're like i'm here and what's it showing me mm-hmm. what 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 am i what am I getting out of this moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate that. My my yoga mat has been one of my most beautiful teachers. And yeah, I'm mm-hmm. very, very grateful for <clears throat> the, pra- the practice of yoga and the teachers um, that have been in my life, you, you included. So mm-hmm. um, let's wrap here. Um, I'd love for you to, I'd love for you to share a takeaway on um, you know, finding your path as a teacher for new teachers and then for um, experienced teachers. So one tip for each of them. Finding your path. Mm-hmm. One tip. Come on, woman, this is a lot. Okay. <laughs> I'll give a process since okay. you and I both like process. Mm-hmm. Uh, look to who you're inspired by because there's something there. Mm-hmm. Also look to who you're confronted by because there's something there. Mm -hmm. Both of these people will teach you something about yourself. You said your yoga mat was your best teacher. I view it as um, a mirror uh, to what's really happening on the inside. So look to who you're inspired by and look to where you're Mm -hmm. confronted. Distill it down. See see what it's telling you. continue to do the work of self-inquiry as we've talked about for like a majority of this podcast. And then the last new tip, which I think is going to be more for experienced teachers is to remember the term or the concept of impermanence Mm -hmm. and Nietzsche. Mm -hmm. 
nothing lasts forever. Everything changes. There are seasons. So who you were as a teacher, who I was, who you were 12 years ago, like we've evolved. So permission to evolve, like you don't, if you were born and raised in this power vinyasa culture, and then you're like, I am a yin person now, or I'm like slow or I'm fast permission to evolve and to change because it's one of the universal laws. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing is permanent. And then you don't have to like, it, it's, it's more permission yeah. to be authentic. It's more permission to be authentic. Okay. So when I was a vegetarian, it was authentic. It was real at the time until I kept digging and then it wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, romantic relationships, they're real and then they close and then other things open and you learn about yourself. So it's, mm-hmm. it's that, Yeah. it's, it's like, Oh, I'm going to, do vinyasa and then now I'm gonna do yin or I'll teach cycle like who knows <laughs> so that would be that would be yeah. the tip to remember that impermanence and then look to who lifts you up and look to who confronts you because there's so much to be uncovered inside of that it's incredible yeah learning um to ride the wave of impermanence has been one of the greatest lessons that has brought me the most joy in my life. Um, so right. I love that you brought that up. Okay. So Anthony is a big part of the Well Studio in our teacher trainings and our development for new and experienced teachers. So Anthony's going to be back in Philadelphia um, for our 200-hour yoga teacher training that starts in March. So he will be here for a whole weekend with us for one of our weekend intensives. And then our 300-hour teacher training, um, which will be happening later in 2023, he will also be a part of. So you guys will get more of Anthony. But until then, how can people like follow along? Um, tell us where your studio is, how to stay connected, and then how to stay connected with you personally. Yes, yes, and yes. I can't be more excited to be back. Like you, it's, it's my mm-hmm. second home. I like, cry every time I'm there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I get to say the same thing about you. So we, our studio is in Denver, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, not not Philadelphia. Uh, the name of it is Upswell Dynamic Wellness. And on social, it's at Upswell Dynamic Wellness. I'm at Anthony Chavez Yoga. Mm-hmm. Those are the be- two best places to to connect. Uh, the website is Upswell Dynamic Wellness. So put it in the show notes. Okay, however you're going to do that. that. <laughs> but yeah, at Anthony Chavez Yoga, best way to connect. Um, I'm really active and I, I believe in the connection that social has given us. I know it gets a bad rap and uh, there's got to be some boundaries because it, it can be consuming. But when it's used properly, it's it's brought me mm. a lot of joy. Like I get to I get to stay um, in touch with everything that's going on across the country and vice versa. Yeah. And then if you're listening to this and you're like, I only jumped on this because I know Anthony, I don't know Marissa, mm-hmm. but she sounds incredible. Mm-hmm. She's going to come and do a weekend at Upswell. Okay. Uh, so that'll also be happening sometime next year. Yeah. And we get to experience her wisdom and her magic. And uh, I just, yeah, love love, love being in your presence as, as a student. So we get to take care of each other and lift each other up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what else? 
you want my phone number? Reach out to Anthony, share with both of us, like what you got from this, where you're at in your teaching journey. We love hearing from you. Um, Instagram is the perfect way to do that. So yeah, stay connected. Mm -hmm. Um, check out the programs and offerings because there is a lot to learn from this human and I'm really excited to keep it going. So thank you for being thank on the you, podcast. Friend. My, my absolute pleasure. Again, so grateful for you. Love you, Tone. And you just, you just inspire the crap out of me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I personally love hearing from each of you in my DMs about how these conversations are landing for you, what is resonating and the changes that you're making as a result of the wisdom that you're hearing from each of these episodes. So send me a message on Instagram at Marissa Rose Nash and let's connect. There are so many ways that you can stay connected with this work that I'm leading through the Well Studio. And I wanted to invite you into the offerings that we have coming up this year for teachers, aspiring teachers, and leaders. In January, you can be a part of the Pathway, a nine-month immersion that I'll be leading for leaders, healers, coaches, and female CEOs. This will be a consistent container for guidance and support for those of you who are wanting to deepen and to scale in your journey as a leader. In February, our weekend intensive 25-hour advanced yoga teacher training at the Well Studio will be starting and you can learn from myself and Justin Riley about the energetics of yoga, intelligent sequencing, yoga philosophy, energy and anatomy, developing your personal teaching style, and more. And in March, our 200-hour yoga teacher training starts, and this is our in-studio training for those of you who live in the Philadelphia area. We start in March and meet every Wednesday night for six months, in addition to four weekend intensives. This will be led by myself and a team of incredible teachers from across the U.S. that will be guiding you in how to become a yoga teacher. And our 300-hour yoga teacher training is coming up in October 2023. And all of our details for each of our offerings to support yourself in your journey as a student and a teacher and a guide can be found at www.thewellstudio.org and www.marissarosenash.com. I will see you soon and I can't wait for the next episode.